listeners, welcome back once again to Lost in Postulation. My name is Neil Fitzpatrick and I am joined this week by, unfortunately, absolutely nobody. A little bit of a strange week here, so just going to drop in a quick explanation as to what's going on and what you can expect from this week's episode, as well as uh, how it will be back to normal from next week onwards. So yeah, as I said, I'm, uh, I'm here steering the ship as best I can on my own. Nicola is off enjoying a well-deserved break. And we decided rather than trying to phone it in, uh, literally or metaphorically, we decided instead to dig into the archives. We now have, as you can see, over 20 hours of material out there in the ether, as I often say. And uh, we thought, why not pull a few common threads together, dig back into some discussions we've had, uh, also hear a bit from the listeners and uh, some of the excellent contributions that they've had. So you'll be hearing from a few familiar faces through this episode, which is always great. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it and hope uh, you'll bear with us as we get back to normal from next week again. Just one of those uh, one of those unavoidable scenarios we have here. But I'm sure you'll enjoy the episode nonetheless. Uh, we're going to be talking about a few different things here, starting off with our various discussions of saunas. We've been uh, actually inundated with re- listener responses to the sauna topic, so we'll be including some of those here as well. Always happy to hear more as well, so take this as an open invitation to um, to feed in additional postulations, if and when you have them. And then we get into our very favourite uh, travelling topic. So we talk a lot about uh, both the plane etiquette, interesting topic there, and then also getting into where, where to travel, what kind of holidays to have. We've talked about it quite a bit across various episodes. And that's that's it for today. So that'll that'll take us through the end. So hopefully I'll I'll check back in with you at the end and, and give you a reminder of the the usual things, the socials, etc. In the meantime, you can of course tweet at us. That's at impostulation at twitter.com. You can also email us, that is lostimpostulation at gmail.com. You can obviously also reach out any other way that you see fit. And we're always delighted to hear from you. But I think without further ado, let's kick it off and hand back over to us from a few months ago and pick up where we left off there talking about saunas. I have a question for you, sir. Okay. It might not be exactly what you're expecting, but I want to know, what is your opinion of saunas? <laughs> my, my opinion of saunas? Yeah. Like uh, as a, as a, a sauna yeah. being the, the wooden thing that you get into yeah. at uh, yeah. certain degrees yeah. and uh, sweat a lot and okay, yeah. saunas. And the reason yeah. I ask is I was in one the other day and okay. I have mixed feelings about it. Okay. Well, uh, I love saunas. So really? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, yeah. it's it's kind of a nostalgic thing. So oh. in those cold Minnesota winters while growing up, it was a big thing where you would sauna, roll in the snow or oh. dip in a hole in the frozen oh, lake, Jesus. go back into the sauna. So I really acquired that taste. I'm a big fan of them, and uh, and I wish I would do them uh, more often, actually, mm. because I do feel like the benefits in terms of uh, in terms of cleanliness, in terms of uh, uh, restitution and recovery post uh, sports. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, for you, for a long yeah. distance runner, yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love the sauna. Okay, and I love the contrast uh, doing the sauna with the, the cold. cold and uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Jeez, I don't know. I think the reason I ask is because it's on my mind. I did uh, on Friday. I, I did a sauna here in, in Copenhagen which okay. included like the sauna Gus experience yeah. it, which is a whole other thing yeah but I think my reflection was I'm just I've been waiting for the day where it's it gets good you know like I've gone quite a few mm. times and I'm like uh I suffer through like I'm you don't see what the hype is about I right? think the opposite I'm like on the verge of of passing out it feels like oh wow and I'm, and <laughs> I'm like uh I'm I keep going with the expectation that well I mean everyone loves it so I'm just waiting for the day that uh, I enjoy it. But then I think my reflection from the last time was, no, maybe the point is that it's deeply uncomfortable and you suffer through 
And that's what you enjoy at the end. Your brain rewards you for surviving the experience by mm. releasing dopamine and saying, hey, good job, you didn't die, you know? Mm. So that's that's my latest uh, reflection on it. Yeah, I think the suffering is necessary up to a point, but I think also it's it's the classic thing. It's like people that, you know, have never run before and then mm. sign up for a marathon and uh, then they go for their first 10K training when they never run and they yeah. are like, oh, I got injured, oopsie. Mm-hmm. You have to build up also with these things like Asana, right? Mm. So you can't just once a year go and, you know, I'm going to stay in 15 minutes and I'm not, I'm going to hold my breath or whatever. Mm. Like, I think you genuinely have to like be consistent and build up Ah, to be able to enjoy it. So I think there is a light at the end of that tunnel where you can enjoy it, but it takes training. It takes getting used to, uh, for, for your body. It's like the winter bathers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. In the beginning, you're just suffering by the end. You have some guys that are going out there, you know, every Saturday in the, in the cold water for five uh, to to 10 minutes. Look at, uh, look at Wim Hof, you know, like a great example. The guy just swears by the ice bath. This is his whole thing. And he can just do them. He, he, he's at the point. He's so well adjusted. He can just hop in and he can talk as if like, like we're talking now, he can just be like, yeah, I'm in an ice bath. It's all good. You You build up a tolerance, I think. And there's probably some science behind that, but I Mm. imagine it being analogous to, for example, uh, with spicy food, right? Yeah. You move somewhere where the food is spicier. So for example, Mm. when I was in Singapore, now I like spicy food, Mm. but my tolerance when I came back from Singapore was immense. Right. And then I've, taper back down obviously but Mm -hmm. uh, i think there there is an aspect of it where yes it's the suffering but you also you know have to be honest uh, with yourself and and build up to it if you don't have that patience or or willingness to then no it it, it will never be fun i think well there you go we like to open the episode with a kind of a a light-hearted uh what's your give me your opinion on this so i think that was an interesting one saunas saunas and we are diving into the listener mailbag one of the great things about doing a podcast is you start getting uh People chipping in with their own postulations, yeah. as it turns out. I feel like we're bringing back that word postulation because I've had so many people hit me with their, and they don't say opinions or takes, they say postulations straight up. So uh, love that. And thanks, everybody. Respecting the, the craft. Respect the craft. Come yeah. on, you got to postulate. It's, uh, it. it's great. So uh, we thought we would refer back to a couple of those and uh, give, give credit where it's due for some great postulations. And of course, uh, keep the door open for future ones as well. Let's keep this as a recurring segment. But uh, one of the interesting topics that I wasn't really expecting to generate as much discussion as it did was I think it was the start of episode five, where I threw out the question to you at the very start at our at our like intro postulation. Right. I was like, what do you think of saunas? You know? <laughs> and okay, this, this kind of just, you could probably hear from the audio, I wasn't exactly like... I uh, hadn't exactly planned this as like a long uh, as a big topic, but actually it turned into a good discussion, and it has generated a lot of discussion uh, from this uh, from our listeners as well. I was contacted just last week actually by a friend of the show Ilka up in uh, up in Finland. Up in Finland, yeah. So Ilka is a is a Finn, and he's not just any Finn. He is a pro. Okay, not 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 to use the, to be technically true, he's not a pro sauna user, but mm-hmm. he is like basically an absolute expert. Um, Back when I used to work with him more closely, I went up to Helsinki and we we went to a, a proper sauna complex called Luli up oh. in uh, up in Helsinki, which is uh, fantastic for anyone who's ever in Helsinki, by the way. Right. But he brought me to the like whole saunas. experience. Yeah, yeah, right. it's wood fired. It's all great. Like so, that was despite my complaints about saunas in general being mm-hmm. a little bit uncomfortable. That was a great uh, experience. But Ilka uh, wanted to help me understand a little bit, help us understand. What is it about uh, saunas? He had two pieces of advice that might help our enjoyment of them. All right. So number one was, he said, Neil, I know what you're doing wrong. He said, you need to have a beer. Beer is oh, crucial for saunas, right? Okay. So either you have it with you in the sauna, you can have it before or after, but beer is a key ingredient with saunas. He says anyway, and he, he's sure that we would enjoy it more 
were there a beer involved? That was that was point number one. Okay. But point number two, which was kind of what we talked about, and he he also confirmed, which is that it's not really about the sauna itself. It's about how you feel after. Right. And I think that's that rings true. And I can mm. definitely tell you that yeah, that that feels a bit more legit. That it is suffering. Like it isn't. The suffering is yeah. necessary. Because I, I don't really buy anyone who who says like you know I just love sitting in the hot. Like no, it's it's uncomfortable. <laughs> like it is really uncomfortable, right? But the suffering is necessary because when you come out the other side, you do. And especially even that evening, the hours to come after, you feel great. So I think Ilka has it uh, has it nailed. And if anyone should know, it's a, it's a real fin. So, Absolutely. Uh, so thanks, Absolutely. Ilka, for that one. What I would be interested in knowing, you mentioned the beer, is if that's due to the uh, alcohol content mm. of the beverage, or is it specifically about beer? That's a good question. And is it specifically about beer as a drink or because of the conviviality or the unique nature of beer as a right. drink, right? And as a social glue. Exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. I think it's multifaceted. I don't think we'll, we'll be able to crack that. Right. But I do think beer has a uniquely refreshing quality, right? I know that uh, one of the running clubs in Copenhagen, uh, it, it uses beer as like one of its central... Yeah, uh, the McKellar Run Club. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, And they really swear by it. Even in non-alcoholic beer, they use yeah. it as hydration, you know? So like, yeah. uh, there is something to it, I guess. But... Um, one way or another, I think we have to find out. We have to. Uh, we gotta go crack back. open a couple of cold ones and head to a sauna. Absolutely. That was one opinion, but yeah. I think we had one more. Right? We had another one. It's kind of like a listener on listener reply from uh, Alex, a resident in Sweden, but of uh, of Russian origin, uh, and he uh, told me, uh, and I quote: "I feel great respect for the Finnish sauna." <laughs> now, keep in mind, listeners, this is you know. He didn't know. Sauna rivals, the yeah. Finns and the Oh, and indeed. The Russians, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. Um, and he continued, I would cut my finger off if I never could go to a sauna Whoa. for the rest of my life. That's severe. But I would kill myself if I could never go to a Russian banya, a Russian bath. Oh. He, um, he then proceeded to explain to me that uh, those Russian banyas, those Russian baths, are with essential oils and a birch oak, mm. eucalyptus, or juniper besom Huge. Yeah. Uh, for skin peeling. So okay. to aid that as well. So yeah, really yeah. getting into this cleansing aspect. Okay. Uh, and he claims, you'll be born again with a skin like a baby's soft butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> he said two babies himself, so I imagine, you know... Yeah. Um, he says, dip yourself in a cold spring to cool yourself. Mm-hmm. Get a cup of beer or kvass, hey. which he says is the Russian kombucha relative. Yeah, yeah. And have 12 hours of sleep afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. We see some overlap here, though, right? Because yeah. the beer thing comes up again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then uh, he proceeded to invite us. He oh. said, you know what? I'll buy a piece of land here in Sweden, build a banya, and invite the podcasters for a tryout. That is that means a lot, and thanks, Alex, for that. I look forward to it. I I guess I shouldn't hold my breath as to it happening maybe in the next few months, but I definitely do think uh, I'm up for that. Yeah. I also have to comment uh, on this unique way of describing how much you would hate something to by measuring it in terms of how much of your body you would cut off. I think Fatalism. That's, yeah. That is a real, uh, that's a new approach that I think we should adopt for this uh, podcast as well. I think so. I love it. I, I yeah. mean, very, very visual. Very vivid. Um, again, here, what you see is, uh, is having a drink. Uh, the 12 hours of sleep afterwards, I mean... I wish I could get 12 hours of sleep. Well, I'd sign up for that anytime. This is your chance. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, amazing. So uh, we will go with Ilka to the sauna, the banya that Alex is going to build. 
mm-hmm. in Sweden. TBC. Uh, TBC. Uh, <laughs> TBC. Whenever yeah. he's finished building it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll bring a few drinks. Absolutely. Yeah. Look at that. More sauna postulations to, the, yeah. uh, to tie it, us in. Exactly. And yeah. just to tie that up, as soon as you start researching saunas, and mm. why we say they're rivals, the Finns and the Russians, yeah. is because there was, for a period of about 10 to 15 years, until 2010, there was actually a world sauna championship Mm. which saw almost every year in the final the Finns going head-to-head with the Russians um, and uh, the Finns winning every year. Yeah. Uh, now you may ask what the hell is a sauna championship essentially whoever lasts the longest uh, in the hottest temperature in, in the hottest yeah. temperature wins Jeez. it's like a, a sauna lasts, sprint when you say lasts I mean it literally means lasts yeah in, so yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a grim note uh, in 2010 uh, final Finland versus Sweden the yeah. Russian contestant actually died in the sauna so uh, so they kind of stopped doing it after that which is understandable right yeah, yeah. but uh yeah i just wanted to go through a bit uh a bit some of the rules for yeah please to, to let's, end let's on. do it yeah. um so the starting temperature is 110 degrees celsius so that's no. already up to 20 degrees warmer than our civilian sauna which we would go to above boiling Exactly, but get this, half a liter of water will be poured on the stove for every 30 seconds. <laughs> no. So it's getting, every 30 seconds, it's getting progressively steamier and warmer. I hate it already. Yeah. Use of alcohol is prohibited prior to and during the competition. So alcohol, again, it's really like a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it it's a thing. I yeah, think yeah. otherwise they would use it. Be, it yeah, must yeah, help. Yeah. It must numb or... Okay, I don't okay, know. okay. Yeah. Um, competitors must wash themselves beforehand and remove okay. any creams and lotions. That's I mean, fair. let's, you know, yeah. be sanitary. Yeah. The competitor must sit erect. Their yeah. buttocks and thighs on the bench may not lay down. Yeah. I always yeah, lay yeah, down yeah, in yeah. a sauna. Actually. Exactly. No, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, ordinary swimsuits must be used, so it is oh, not a nude not sauna. Not a nude sauna, okay. Pant legs in men's swimsuits may be up to 20 centimeters long. Uh, the measurements there uh-huh. um, hair that reaches the shoulder must be tied into a ponytail so the hair could be like a tactical advantage if a you, cooling effect potential yeah, 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 yeah. creates a bit of a of and an I guess umbrella. the short the shorts as well right because it's like they're limiting right. the length because it might cool you or if it was it wet it must be like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Good to it know. must be because okay. once you sweat into those shorts it yeah, kind of yeah. continues to, to cool you I would yeah. guess touching the skin and brushing is prohibited Okay, you have to just like hold your arms yeah, out or something. Yeah, apparently. Okay. That part is crazy because it's you, a bit extreme, you also right? just want to, it's a natural reflex to just yeah, but wipe the sweat. I, right? I get the rule though because probably if you don't prohibit it, they'll just do it the whole time. They'll spend yeah. the whole, yeah, and just it, it's, it becomes a competition of who can rub themselves right. uh, yeah, most. Yeah. yeah. At the request of the judges, competitors must show that they are in their senses with a thumbs up. So. My God. Uh, competitors must be able to leave the sauna unaided yeah. to qualify. So it, Okay, so if you have a, a, like a, an award-winning run, but then you can't walk out, you're, you're exactly out. yeah yeah okay exactly, which I think is fair in that sense. Um, a breach of the rules uh, is a warning. Another one results in disqualification. So if you touch, uh, right. yeah. you know, your other yeah. arm you uh, one twice, you're yeah. out. Um, the last person leaving the sauna unaided is the winner. Uh, so that's the World Sauna Championships, uh, which uh, which do not exist uh, any longer. I'm sure if you go on YouTube, you can you can find some yeah, highlights from probably. from previous years. But uh, well, never. we have a lot to work towards. Hundred percent, and never has there been a tournament that I've ever heard of that I'm more sure that I would lose. You know, like there is a zero point zero 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 infinity chance of me ever succeeding in that tournament, even past the first round. I'm just way too uh, attached to my own comfort. 
I would at the first moment of uncertainty, I'd be like, great, "Have a great tournament, guys!" We'll see yeah, you later. exactly, yeah, I'm exactly. Out also, because I didn't even see what the the prize money is, but I can't imagine it's. Uh, I doubt these guys are tennis like. Yeah, say. I don't. I don't think they're doing it for the money. They're no. here for for bragging rights yeah. and the love of the game. Hundred percent. Well, as you know, and as the listener may know by now, we do like an old mundane postulation to kick us off. We are mundane. Yeah, indeed. And in fact, not sometimes we go just for a topic like, what's your take on this? What's your take on that? But what we've enjoyed a lot, actually, and what what has garnered a lot of response from the listeners are the X versus Y uh, debates where you say still versus sparkling, you know, or pants before socks or socks before pants. These are the ones that get the listener riled up to an unreal, to an unusual degree. We are a polarized society after all. Indeed. We're just banking in on that, cashing in the polarization of our time. <laughs> but what I wanted to ask you, sir, today is one of the big ones. And I'm talking, of course, mm-hmm. about air travel. And when it comes to air travel, which is, is a field rife with postulation in, in its own right, but I'm going to ask you today about the aisle versus the window. Where well, do you want to be? I'm actually flying tomorrow. Uh-huh. And I went out of my way, both for that flight and the return flight, to book the ILC. Finally, one we agree on. Because usually, go. usually really? like with the sandwiches and everything, we've always disagreed, right? Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like we're just being contrary for the sake of it. But actually on this one, I'm with you. So I'm, an, yeah. I'm an aisle man all the way. Yes. I think the window the window has its it has its place. And I've, I've definitely had some good window flights. Mm. But anyway, give me your give me your principled uh, view on this one. Yeah. So there's two angles to tackle this from, right? Mm. The first one is why the aisle, right? Mm. And why the aisle, for me, it's all about freedom of movement. Yeah. So first thing, first don't feel as claustrophobic right you know you can you can turn around a bit more certainly mm-hmm. more than in the middle seat but also you know the aisle at uh, the the window you can be quite quite locked in there right Absolutely. so but then freedom of movement also i'm the type of person who even on just a two-hour flight will no matter what need to use the facilities at yeah, some point fair, right fair and i don't want to be having to negotiate with my fellow passengers and or family members to to get out there mm. or worse be caught in the act while they're sleeping or climbing over them, exactly. which is just awkward on so many levels. And you, I've been there. Yeah, it's not fun. Nobody deserves that. I feel. No, yeah. no, exactly. Neither the 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 perpetrator nor the perpetrated, mm. right? Mm. Uh, in that case, so that's on the aisle front. On the window front, I think it's incredibly overrated because a big part is. You talk about the view, right? Mm. Uh, now, the view is very limited on most flights. It's mm-hmm. the takeoff. It's the landing. Mm-hmm. If you're traveling in winter or with bad weather, it's often not even those, right? So um, the other aspect they bring about on the window is, oh, yeah, but, you know, you can lean your head and, and sleep. But, like, I mean. So overrated. I so think. overrated. I mean, yeah. invest in a neck pillow, people. Come really. on. It's 2023. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Hundred percent. I'm actually with you uh, for different reasons, though. Okay. Totally different reasons. So, yeah. first and foremost, as a taller gentleman, I um, hate like flying is uncomfortable by definition, right? Yeah. My knees are going to be crushed up against the seat in front of me, particularly on a Ryanair, on the older configurations of Ryanairs where they had these big chunky seats. You're really your knees are, are getting damaged every time. So, one slight respite from that is having the aisle because you can just stick the two legs out into the aisle, and okay, I can get a bit of space that way because there is no way to stick my legs out like directly mm. in front of me. Mm. So that's that's nice. That comes sort of downside though which is when they bring the trolley past it's always a smack on the on the legs or on the shoulder or something like i I feel the trolley and me don't don't get on too well and you can't really like 
sleep if you're having you need to be alert to yeah. be able to bring your legs back in all the exactly. time. Exactly. Right? And yeah. you're also the guy who has to get up when person right. B and C are getting uh to the bathroom, right? Yeah. So I feel like it's uh it it's not without its downsides, but that's flying to a certain extent. Yeah. And the thing with the window seat is like you I, I sorry, I do agree with you on that point that I am just that terminally awkward that I would rather just hold it than ask a sleeping person. I certainly wouldn't climb over. Jeez, I'm not risking that uh, that minefield. It takes a lot of agility. Exactly. Like, and, uh, okay, I'm going to ask it. When you climb over, are you crotch first or ass first to the, uh, to um, the person? Let me think. There is no good answer here. There is no good answer. I'm definitely no. crotch first, so yeah. I see what I'm dealing with. It feels more respectful. Uh, yeah. It is more respectful, but it's also a bit less risk in a way. Yeah. Where you can you use know, your hands to catch yourself. If, to catch yeah. yourself. Exactly. And that's oh, exactly it. You yeah. might, you know, inadvertently make contact if you're the other way around exactly. simply because you don't see exactly. what's behind you, right? You, so suddenly yeah. you've got an ass in someone's yeah. face. Like, yeah. yeah. My God, but that's definitely the strategy. I think. I if, think so. if you have to do it, if you have to, and I mean, I'm talking. If it's like less than three hours flight, I'm like, doesn't matter. You I'll, just hold I'll it survive. In? Yeah, like I will survive. I'll be fine. You know, how bad can it be? Unless it's like an emergency of some kind. Let's not get into that in the podcast. I feel like <laughs> it's not. Uh, let's not discuss the technicalities of a, of a bathroom break. But uh, once again, interested to hear. I know many people would say window all the way. Like. Uh, yeah it's like their happy place they can just cuddle up and and go sleep there and whatever but isn't it funny how middle seat is just universally agreed to be horrible like middle seat what a terrible it gets a really bad rep now maria she loves the the window okay not the middle i thought you were best middle i was like jeez (laughs) she loves the window so oftentimes i do find myself on a 3-3 configuration Mm. to not just be weird and have a rando sitting in between us Mm. uh i find myself in the middle seat Mm. it's not so bad i think like if you have a companion to your left then you're good or right like because you can invade their space without feeling bad but imagine having two randos either side you know that's the that's and it depends on the length of the flight and then like you said it is important who you're next to because Mm. what i find oftentimes when you fly is that people decide that it was a good idea to leave their brain at home Mm. and their manners yeah and the classic one on that is when they get up or they're sitting down without even noticing it they're pulling the seat back that's Mm. in front of them and you're you're swinging back but it's like why would you do that it's like my biggest pet peeve on, yeah. on, on flights is people just not being aware of their surroundings that. and annoying the hell out of you. I'm Absolutely. getting agitated. I can see that. But what I love about this as well is I'm like that, like you, when, say, a vibration hits my chair, a knee hits my back of my chair, I instantly jump to, what is this asshole doing? Like, yeah. as in, you think I, they're out to get you. Literally, like, just bullying you, like, yeah. play, playground bullying, when in actual fact, it's probably a purely innocent... Oblivious. Uh, completely. And yeah. I think I often uh, try to to practice the phrase like never attribute to malice what can be attributed to stupidity and mm. in general i'm with you it's stupidity rather than malice at, at the core here i have also had a few kids behind me who are just like bam, 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 like just yes. banging away yes. flying who needs it jeez but trains trains versus planes i'm like trains all the way you know what's your uh what what's your time threshold from which you would then shift from uh, from a train to a plane how You'd much be, are you willing to put up with the train i'm willing to like put up i would double my journey time and still be happier with a train because, for example, I've taken a train to Stockholm where it's overnight. You sleep on the train and it was right. the dream. It like was seven amazing. hours. Huh? Yeah. But it, like that, that train takes five hours normally. But then if you right. take the overnight, they, t- they make it slower. So you get on at Copenhagen at like 10 and you wake up at six or seven in, uh, in Stockholm. With a bed or? With... Yeah, yeah, full bed, like full shower, okay. toilet, everything. Oh, like wow. It's the dream. Like you save a night of accommodation that you don't have to pay there in Stockholm. Mm. You wake up ready to go and uh, 
just save yourself the hassle of getting on a plane and dealing with all that. I, uh, okay, and well. more to come on night trains, by the way. I really think Let's. there's an episode on that because uh, we uh, are going to see in the next 10, 20 years that Europe is finally stepping into the future and installing fast, like high-speed rail Bigger across rail. Europe. Across Europe. That's the key, right? Because yeah. we have it regionally and exactly. in some countries. Per but, country. Yeah. France has nailed it. But like, yeah. uh, there will be a night and train Italy. route. Let's give them some uh, credit. True, 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 from true. time to time, from we can give them some We credit. have to dish it out in small right. small doses. Exactly. Or else they'll get way too arrogant. But before that, we're going to lead with our mundane postulation indeed we are and it's one that's really on the top of everyone's mind these days we're talking right now about holidays and the reason for that is first and foremost here we are at the end of march and everyone is starting to look a bit forward now to mm. uh, to the summer holidays to what they've got planned but let's not get into our own plans necessarily that's not what we're here to talk about but what i am here to ask you about nicola is your preferences with regard to holidays because this can actually be a quite divisive topic even leading in some cases to the end of relationships the if, end yeah if, if some couples are are like severely apart on this it's like a, a deal breaker that they wow. never get past but what i'm going to ask you first and foremost is one of the classic dichotomies of holidays and i'm talking mm. of course about the beach holiday versus the city holiday and to, to clarify yeah. both equal durations let's say it can be a week and a week or it can be two weeks and two weeks but what i want to know is for you which of those two is better it's tough one uh and it is a very different type of holiday for me it's not just a preference thing uh sure. it's also one where we're divided within the household at times me and maria so I one is more restorative, regenerative uh, in a way. Like if you're taking the beach holiday, pure and simple, just mm. lying on the beach, reading your book, getting your energies back, you know, napping in the sun. Mm. Whereas the the city trip, let's say, especially if you're going to a new city you haven't been before, uh, can be more. What's the word? Enriching. Yeah. You know. Mm. From, from a cultural perspective or whatever, you come away, you know, having learned more uh, about something else, about another culture or whatever, whereas maybe the beach holiday, you're coming away, you know, having gotten in touch with your deeper self. But this is what I'm wondering, right? I wish I was one of those people who can do that. And it sounds like you're, you're lucky enough that you can come away from a beach holiday and actually have felt that you spent your time well, right? There's a time limit though for me. As, for sure. For a anyone, I'm sure there is yeah. as well. But the issue I have and the reason I can't understand beach holidays to to any extent really is that pretty much from moment one, from day one, moment one of a beach holiday, I'm suffering basically, or at least you're restless. I'm both physical and physically and mentally suffering physically because I burn instantly, unfortunately, oh. by, by terribly Irish skin. Yeah. And I've even seen that. You have, yeah, firsthand. And then the issue is no, no amount of factor 50 is kind of enough. In It's sooner or later, it's, it's going to either miss a spot or it's going to wear off. Yeah. So it's basically a stressful time altogether. But then on top of that, it just feels tragically unproductive for me. And I don't know, I'm, I'm not like a workaholic, you know, I'm definitely not like someone who just like works weekends and evenings, you know, compulsively. Right. I'm definitely not but for me if i'm going to take the time off work and going to get out of the country and go somewhere else it better well be somewhere new somewhere like interesting that i can actually like see new parts of the world basically mm. so that for me the beach holiday then just suffers massively in, in my enjoyment and i i find myself resenting almost every moment of it no i can understand that and as like i get very restless very easily so i've grown to appreciate that beach holiday but i certainly can do it two weeks straight even if you're changing the beaches and one week is already on the limit like mm. i'm kind of ready to go after that yeah um i like it and then so 
if if you tell me depending on the amount of days uh the i'll take the right city at five days over mm-hmm. a beach holiday mm-hmm. um the the interesting thing about city trips is there's two very different kinds of city trips in my mind there's the totally new city you've never been before mm-hmm. city trip uh, which especially the first few days can also be quite draining because mm-hmm. everything is new so it's those kind of like let's say first three days of a trip that you feel like you've been gone two weeks yeah, right yeah um there's the going back to a city where you've already done all the touristy stuff Mm -hmm. and the pace is totally different you can just kind of hang uh you know go to visit a bunch of more organize it you know depending what you like around the food or stuff like this you don't need to go take the pictures of all the monuments and that actually what i found ends up being the sweet spot absolutely yeah i was actually just gonna say I, i thought it just occurred to me which is who needs tourist stuff like mm. I can't think of one time I went to a city and did the touristy stuff and was like so glad I did the touristy right. stuff. You know, it's usually quite underwhelming. Absolutely. Like, and no offense to Rome, but like all the top touristy parts there, Colosseum, Forum Romano, <laughs> you name it. Yeah. Those were the lowlights of our time in Rome, and the highlights were, of course, the food, like food, yeah, the drink, food, the culture, talking to some people. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So the more I think of it, I'm like city trip all the way and just skip the skip the all the tourist stuff. You know, it's the same here in Copenhagen. Like the yeah. amount of people who head out to the Little Mermaid. Only to find it's tragically disappointing. Yeah, it's, Here, uh, here's one for you. What is the yeah. bigger disappointment, the Little Mermaid in Copenhagen yeah. or the mannequin piss, the little boy peeing in Brussels? I think the own, the the winner here is the, the more disappointing is Little Mermaid because mm. for some reason it actually gets hyped up as being something good, like beautiful or or whatever, yeah. where it's really really not. The thing with mannequin piss is anyone who tells you about it, even like the guidebooks and stuff, they already say. Uh, Europe's most underwhelming statue or like the most disappointing Everyone's in on the joke yeah, everyone yeah. knows right and then yeah. you get there and it's actually kind of cool in a weird way yeah. like uh, I lived in Brussels for a year and would take people by it also it's quite close to Grand Place so you yeah. can just kind of swim and they by. decorate it yeah all the time yeah. they do, yeah. he does a Paddy's Day leprechaun version he has uh, all sorts yeah <laughs> shout out to Brussels who when uh, when we do the LIP uh, city chaos rankings will definitely be oh, in contention oh, for the top I'm holding spot. that one back because I've got some got some thoughts on that I'm actually heading to Brussels this weekend as well so I'll be careful not to uh, good man ruffle any feathers yeah, yeah. so uh, I'll be uh, just about uh, an hour and a half north of you in Rotterdam hey, yeah not too shabby yeah the second city of the Netherlands one of the biggest logistics hubs in the world how about that absolutely exciting I think biggest port in europe I think so bigger than hamburg comfortably actually the thing is like a city in itself yeah, yeah. that's unreal well there you go geez yeah. that wasn't <laughs> where we intended to go but, uh, we went at the slightly off piste but speaking of pistes yeah oh you posed to me the question city trip or beach trip i did what if i told you that i would take a mountain trip mm any day and i'm talking let's let's even it out so for the summer i'll take the mountain trip any day over this that i think it puzzles me a bit and you're not alone like i've heard people talking about this and particularly in the context of the melting snow that we have now across europe where the ski season gets shorter and shorter these mountain holidays are becoming more of a real thing actually where you go not to ski but to be in the mountain and to do mountainy stuff like hiking or <laughs> tobogganing or whatever i don't know so, i think you need snow to go tobogganing no no, no not oh, sorry not tobogganing but you know those like snow free toboggans like they're like a metal track that runs down the mountain 
Oh yeah, yeah, and sure. You just like sit in it and you crank the yeah with like wheels. On yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a summer luge, basically. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but so ski resorts now who are particularly low in yeah. terms of meters above sea level are having to look into these kind of things now, and that has a bit of an appeal, and I could see it. But I think you're just ahead of the curve here because personally, that strikes me as similar to a beach holiday that you're going to be in nature and nature's great. You're going to be enjoying that, but just tragically not getting input like you're going to be spending each day consuming stuff i guess which is going to be books or nature or whatever Mm. but there's not going to be like newness or like novelty to you which for me i think is is key okay i see where you're going but keep in mind the versatility of the activities you can do in the mountains in the okay, summer, well, right? Me, because yeah. you can hit your your little luge thing, right? Which which you were mentioning. By the way, we need to get the the proper name for that one okay. down. But you can mountain bike. Mm-hmm. You can hike, of course. I mean, that's that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. You can climb. I mean, there's there's so oh. much uh, you can do to not, especially if you're restless. So like me, I love to be active and and sporty and in the nature during the holidays. Okay. For me, that's amazing. But then you can be you master of productivity yeah. you can be very productive with whatever that activity is until a bit after lunchtime okay. or maybe up until lunchtime then have a wonderful lunch in the sun right yeah, because yeah. you're closer to the sun oh, yeah. um and then you can relax and spa uh-huh. in the afternoon do those types of things go to your beloved sauna for example yeah 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 and uh, you kind of get the best of both worlds in terms of relaxation yeah. and you know physical exertion and now is this like at what would be a ski resort in the winter or is it just anywhere yeah. okay yeah. okay so you go you would go back to where you do actually where you do actually ski i, I do you, that okay yeah yeah I well do that. i think i shouldn't knock it until i try it it has it has an appeal or it's it's sounding reasonably interesting here but then again i just i'm hesitant you know because the mm. city trip is the goat for me 100 percent. like a new city just throw me in there and i'll uh I'll i be think fine. it's it's where you can experience the most uh, and and learn the most for sure. There, mm-hmm. there, I'm totally mm-hmm. aligned with you. I mean, also like as you know, I'm writing a lot of pieces uh, when yeah. when I travel, and a big part of that is the people I meet along the way mm-hmm. and what I hear from them, like yeah. these firsthand accounts to to connect with the local culture. Of course, yeah. you're going to get a lot more of that in the city than climbing up a mountain. Mm. Uh, and or lying on a beach with and I other suppose tours. it still comes back to your first point which is there's two types of holidays and one of them is about mm. expanding your horizons and the other is about kind of pinning them if anything you know like right. uh, just kind of removing distractions and saying it's just me and the me and nature here for the next yeah. while and, and that's funny actually there's this very interesting phenomenon and it's not you know it's not to offend anyone but it's not really my thing mm. um so last winter, Maria and I, we uh, we went off to Lanzarote for two months and mm. we, we set up shop there and we worked from there. And then on the weekends, we would enjoy the beach, whatever. But a big thing we noticed there is these places are essentially colonies uh, mm. of English people, yeah, Irish, exactly. German, exactly. Uh, where even the supermarkets sell the food they have at home. Mm-hmm. The restaurants are the ones they would they would have at home. So everything is done in a way to not be bothered by experiencing the local culture at all. The only variable that changes for them versus home is that the sun is shining stronger. Literally, yeah. That type of holiday. Yeah, Yeah, I I think we can agree that people should move away from that true yeah or it's like if what is it you're actually wanting here like what's the product you're buying and if it's just to be in the sun then okay let's and you're being honest about that then that's fine but that's a very expensive way just to warm up a little bit you know yeah and i think yeah 
it, there's so much more. And then again, it's it's all about your tolerances and what you like. And also, you know. comfort zone is a big thing for people. Indeed, and I'm not going to judge anyone. You know, uh, if someone's about to go off to the same place that they've gone for the last ten years and they love that and that's cool, then absolutely do it. I'm just saying, for me, for for my preference, that would be un, undoable. Top city trip. Uh, Tokyo, all the way. Tokyo? Yeah. You, I mean, you can it's spend uh, 10 years in Tokyo exactly. and only see one part of it, right? 100%. Like 33 million people. You need to like deeply prioritize your time and like know what you want to do, but you basically can't go wrong. At least in my experience, like mm. any day you spend in Tokyo, you're going to have a brilliant time yeah. and you'll never run out of stuff to do, see, eat, drink, whatever. And that's the thing about those like sprawling metropolises is they have so many different faces to them. Yeah. Like take yeah. even New York, for example, like mm-hmm. whether you're going in Sunnyside, Queens, or up to Harlem, or or into Brooklyn, mm. or uh, downtown Manhattan, it is different cities. Yeah, 100%. all within the same, you know. Space. And more and more, it, going to Manhattan now, it's like you have to get out of Manhattan because it's just so expensive. Exactly. Like you have to get to Queens or Brooklyn just exactly. to, to experience more of it. Yeah. But yeah. geez, we've uh, yeah, what a wide that. ranging little mundane postulation this has turned out to be. We normally spend something in the region of like eight to ten minutes. I yeah. think we've probably blown through About that. Fifteen, yeah. Well, so there you listeners, go. there you go. Uh, hopefully. That gives you some input for your upcoming spring and summer holidays. Absolutely. And if nothing else, what I'd be interested to hear from the listener is we've outlined basically three types of holidays, which mm-hmm. is city, beach, and, and mountain. Is there another type of holiday? And I'm not saying let's open it up again, but if the listener is going to come back and say, well, actually there is, and it's XYZ, I'd be very interested to hear that. Listeners, welcome back to Lost in Postulation. Now, before we go, we wanted to dig back into our listener mailbag because we had some old friends reaching back out to us about the topic of holidays, which we touched upon last episode. Absolutely. Let's get into it. Yes. So the first one came uh, from Frank from Rhode Island. Again, love it. it. Uh, He wrote us an email this time uh, and he said that uh, you guys discussed various types of travel settings and I wanted to get your thoughts on taking vacations on a cruise ship. He goes on to say, I did some digging and cruise travel is still recovering since the start of the pandemic. But at its peak, there were almost 30 million passengers taking cruise ships for vacation purposes a year. Um, he even provided us with the sources of all his stats. And then he goes on to ask, for the sake of postulation, would you take a cruise? And if so, where would you go? Do you even consider it a holiday setting? Which <laughs> we didn't even mention it last time. So, And it's a, a very uh, relevant question. Is it even really a holiday? At least for me, is it a holiday or is that uh, torture? Mm. Who knows, right? I know. I don't think it's torture, though. I think it's... It's good that he catches it because we, we did miss it entirely. And I would consider it a possibility for myself. However, big however, you got to watch out for when a holiday takes the holiday out of the holiday, you know, like mm. a big part of, of traveling for me is the traveling, you know, of the right. getting from A to B and seeing stuff on the way. And, you know, right. even the little hardships along the way are kind of part of it, you know, right. and to some extent, a cruise ship is kind of it's easy mode, right? Which is great. And it suits a certain type of person. And particularly, I think older demographics, it really suits because they Definitely. can they can see a lot on a on a trip that they otherwise right. couldn't really do. Right. But I think. Uh, despite the targeted ads I've been getting from cruise ships on YouTube recently, I've been actually, they're really going after us, I think, like the yeah. the 30 plusers, right? Or let's say late 20s to, to uh, early 30s. I still think it's not quite where I'm going to be yeah, dropping the, the cash mm. for now, right? Yeah. Maybe in a few years, maybe if I lose the kind of, the interest in the wide, wide world, but uh, yeah. Went on a few as a kid, loved it as a kid, because yeah, I mean, yeah. well, you got water slides, you got whatever you want on, yeah. on these ships nowadays. Yeah. Um, but, you're stopping and to visit places for you know 10 12 hours maybe yeah. right it's yeah. you're only gonna get get some highlights usually so mm. 
Yeah, it it is a holiday setting, sure. Uh, would I take one now? Probably not. Mm. No, not anymore. Yeah. I think it'll come back, like, as in, it'll come back in relevance for us and for everyone at some point in your life, you know? But for me for now, for you for now, I think it's a, it's a no yeah. thanks on cruise ships. In the meantime, thanks to Frank from Rhode Island. Absolutely. Thank you, Frank. We have one more actually coming in from our man on the ground in Helsinki or near there. Unbelievable. We're talking, of course, about Ilka, our, our friendly Finn. Ilka has come back to us on some other uh, holiday topics. He has said, you forgot the Nordic going to cottage holidays, which actually I've, I've never really done myself, but the, the summer mm. hoops trend here in Denmark, everyone owns a house apparently. Everyone owns a second house and it's a summer house yeah, in, in the country. It's a big deal. Crazy. Uh, he mentions, and also uh, boats, sailing. And his worst, a camping holiday, which uh, he- Did he, he call that the worst? He said his words, the worst camping holiday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. He has no time for camping holidays. No love for the camping. I-, I I, I asked him to expand a little bit on it and he said thinking about the sailing specifically it is basically posh camping he says which actually is, is a huge huge take from Ilka wow he says one can spend the whole summer in an uncomfortable playhouse size of space and still think that you're better than caravanners wow okay which is shots fired at wow. the uh, at the Jeez. sailors yeah now I'm not a sailor I haven't uh, ever counted myself in that uh, demographic mm. but it doesn't appeal to me objectively I mean I've seen the type of the size of boat or size of cabin that you'd have doing like a long-term trip around say the somewhere in Europe yeah. you know, it would be incredibly isolated you know yeah and quite uncomfortable well and also quite dangerous my uh my uncle actually last year or two years ago he crossed the Atlantic on a sailboat and it's they came quite close to, yeah. to risking it all exactly um, my wife used to sail uh while growing up and she's kind of from a family of like mm. of, of sailors yeah so maybe from a sporty perspective, I never had the patience to learn it. Yeah. But on a holiday, for me, it's it's veering into that cruise ship direction. Exactly. I think you really have to love the sea yeah. for what it is in yeah. terms of the water and the horizon. Kind of warts and all. Or like the, you take the bad with the good kind of. You're right. one of those people who loves the, the suffering of it kind of. Right, exactly. I think so. I think yeah. I would run out of patience like a day into it and I'd just be like, no thanks. Yeah. You know? And so on no. the on the summer house, on the summer cottage, thoughts yeah, there? Big mistake. So one time, one uh, during COVID, we we rented a summer house ah, for, did it. just for two nights. Like, okay. And even by the end of that second night, we were like, right, that's it. Let's get out of here. Like, it. Yeah. I'm sure it's great. And, and it's kind of aspirational, especially for Danish people. It's like one of the checkpoints in your life when you buy a summer house. It's like something you should do, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. But Propulsors. for me, that's not on my list. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And if ever I have the opportunity to buy a property, I will probably buy it in a warm place. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. I think that, that sums it up. But what about you? Are you a, a summer house guy? Not a big one. I mean, look, for me to get a summer house in a place where you're not even sure your July is going to be above 20 degrees, meaning yeah. the water is even significantly colder. Exactly. It just doesn't hit the spot for me, especially in this era where, you know, flying around Europe, mm. for example, uh, yeah. is, is probably as cheap as it's been. Exactly. Uh, and then once you get to those places, actually, the, the day-to-day living is, is cheaper than, for example, in a Nordic country. So yeah. for me, it's not a big thing. I get the pull. I mean, a lot of it is, is tradition for, for, for the people here, but also a lot of it is somewhere where you can just get out for the weekend yeah. without having to go through all the logistics nightmare of, of flying or but you if know, you think about it like whatever do you need to own a house for that like you know is, if, if no. your goal is to occasionally get out and stay right. side you do do you just don't need to own a house right for that, really uh, no in my exactly but yeah. well it, it it's kind of it goes into that category of like 
you see people saying, oh, now I'm an adult. Yeah. Next checkpoint, this. That's you know, it, then buy a house yeah. that's too big for me and get a huge mortgage. Exactly. And then, you know, so it's all a bit of, it can yeah. be a bit of herd thinking, right? I think so. I yeah. think so. I think we've solved it here. We've uh, yeah. once again just solved all the issues with the There world. you go. Yeah. So as Neil would say, guys, take a trip to a city, uh, no matter what. Even if you don't like people, even if you don't like a to a city, yeah, we're doubling down on that. Yeah. There you have it, a whirlwind tour through actually quite a few different episodes here that we've had over the past number of months, and hope it was enjoyable. I certainly enjoyed pulling it together and listening back. One reflection I have, of course, is that the audio quality has definitely, let's say, changed uh, since the start, has for the better, I would argue. And uh, I suppose a small apology for that. Although then again, like, come on, it's uh, it's been a learning process for us as well. Learning by doing. And we appreciate you sticking with us all the way through. So I suppose without f- much else to say, I'm going to just drop again the socials as I uh, as I am compelled to do. Which is, of course, lostinpostulation at gmail.com for our emails or at inpostulation if you're on the old Twitter. That would be awesome to uh, to hear from you, to send us your postulations, your ideas, your thoughts, your reflections. Always welcome. From our side, we'll be back next week with a normal episode, and we are hoping against hope that you'll join us then and every other time that we postulate together here on Lost in Postulation. I think that's where I'm going to leave it. So thanks again for joining. Hope you enjoyed, and talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.